Hello and welcome to History Happened Everywhere, The Verdict. This is our after show podcast where we look back at our previous episode, Algeria. So if you haven't had a look at that, go back, have a listen. Uh, otherwise, there will be spoilers ahead. I used to go to university with an albatross. I mean, you're going to need to explain. Well, his, his surname was Ross and his first name was Albert. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've warmed up now, so I don't expect any more errors. Hello and welcome to History Happened Everywhere, The Verdict. I'm Ryan Weir and with me in the studio, as always, like a bad smell that won't go away, it's the lovely Peter Gullard. <laughs> Not exactly like a bad smell that won't go away. More like a delicious aroma. Oh, like a cooking smell. Like a bacon sandwich. Like a yummy bacon sandwich, which you can smell on your jumper like later on in the exactly, day. Exactly, a lingering deliciousness. <laughs> yeah. Um, also with us, uh, we have Mr. Paul Dursley. Hello, Mr. Paul Dursley. How are you doing? Hello, I'm fine, thanks. Uh, have you eaten? Well, I, I usually eat three times a day. Uh, I don't think you meant have you ever eaten. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just concerned that you're you're going to be hangry. What do you mean by what's hangry? Hangry is uh, a, what's a word where you can. Portmanteau word. A portmanteau, okay. Where you take hungry and angry and you combine those two things. Yeah, I, as soon as I said what is it, I realised what it was. Uh, I thought you were just resistant to it because it was a new word and we know you are violently against things. I'm not, I'm not violently <laughs> against new words. I'm violently against changing words for the point of it. Some, some new words are really funny and good. Where does hangry fit in the scale? Uh, D minus. <laughs> now grading language. <laughs> this is brilliant. One word. <laughs> uh, so uh, yes, but you have eaten, have you? I just want to make sure that that you're fully prepared. I am fully prepared. Fully prepared. This is dangerously close to jury tampering, man. Well, it's my episode, so <laughs> I'm allowed to make sure that the judge and jury is comfortable and safe and warm and full of food. If any, food. As soon as I see a gift change hands, then I'm going to have to make a complaint to the authorities. So listen, it's been a while, so I'm wondering, Ryan, if you would do us the honour of giving us a quick recap of what we were talking about in Algeria. Yep, for you, Peter, no problem at all. Here we go. So... We're in the Maghreb region of North Africa. Uh, Four-fifths of the country is Sahara Desert, so lots of sand, very, very hot. Uh, it's a period where the Second World War is being fought around the globe and also ends at the same time, 1940 to 1950. Uh, it, within this period in Algeria, the fight for independence is ongoing against the French colonisers and they're standing up for their rights. Uh, in the north of the country, there is 1,000 miles of Mediterranean coastline. Uh, beneath that, to the south, there is a coastal plain, which is where almost everyone in the country lives. 90% of the population lives along this strip of land, uh, which then rises up into the Tel Atlas Mountain Range, uh, which is where you might find Barbary apes, little macaques running around, um, stuffing food in their mouth pockets and having lots of sex. Over those mountains is the High Plateau. It's a flat, almost barren area where Barbary lions once roamed. 
Past that plateau, you've got the Sahara Atlas mountain range. This is the mountain range that is parallel with the Tal Atlas. Um, but you want to, as you're wandering over that, you want to watch out for wild dogs and leopards. There are five towns in this area called the Umzab, and they're built around large oases, which are used to uh, water the groves of these nutrition-packed date palms. Up and over the Sahara Atlas Mountains, there's 1,000 miles of Sahara Desert ahead of you with sand dunes, or ergs as they are called, uh, crocodiles, uh, tiny saltwater oases, pools filled with dead birds and bugs, uh, and pretty much survival is hard. Uh, it, but not impossible, because all you need to do is just make sure that you carry with you one date. Oh yeah, I remember now. Thanks for that recap, <laughs> that was excellent. Didn't need to listen to the episode, did you? So Paul, tell me. What do you think? Uh, it, it was enjoyable. I didn't really know much about Algeria. It's not a part of the world I know much about, apart from, you know, the sort of the Barbary coast, uh, well, which I suppose goes into uh, Morocco and Tunisia as well. This is the first time, actually, in the time of knowing you, Paul, where me and you have felt like we're aligned on something. Because I knew nothing about Algeria going to either. <laughs> well, so, I, I knew that the first war that the newly independent United States of America had was with the Barbaries. Oh, really? It was. I think it was to do with uh, slave trading, and it was sort of the first war that the United States went to. So this is what's late late 18th century. Yes, I had no idea that how large Algeria was. Largest country in Africa, tenth largest in the world. I I knew it was a large a large country. Uh, yeah, because there are three three very large countries. Well, there were three very large countries, weren't there, in um, Africa, which is Algeria, Sudan, which has now been split into two, and Dr. Congo, which used to be called Zaire in my time. I'm hearing lots of traffic outside your house. Well, there's not much I could do about that. Could you go out and put some traffic codes down? Yeah, just block the, the road with your body. <laughs> <laughs> So I, one of the things I enjoyed, Ryan, was the way you kind of took us on a tour north to south, uh, and I felt like I was wandering through the landscape, um, mm. and I thought that was that was pretty impressive. So uh, I Paul. do have a minor criticism of that. Go, please. Well, your your topic was nature, and you sort of went on a lot about geology. Is that not nature? No. What he said. <laughs> why, why is that not I, I mean i just i i perceive nature as being anything that's not man-made but anything that's man-made is also natural because man is in nature yeah but in this instance that was that was my guiding principle i, I mean i look at nature and there is you know the geology well, nature is i was the, i was thinking of tree well na nature is living things surely is a rock not a living thing hewn from the living rock do rocks not get birthed and die? No, they don't. <laughs> oh, okay. I think the poetry of the mountaintop is lost on you, therefore. <laughs> no, I mean, like, seriously, though, a rock is formed, is it not? Yes, but it's not born, is it? I, I think to be From formed lava, is different. It is. It's different to be formed and to be born. One's poetic. I was never very good at poetry. One's pedantic. <laughs> yeah no uh it's just interesting though isn't it like if you were to play like uh our lives on a record player 
and you, you play it at a certain speed. That's our lives, right? But you play a tree's life at a certain speed and we'd be like little ants. What earth are you on? What on <laughs> earth are you taking? <laughs> well, I come down on your side of this, Ryan. I believe anything that is not... and I, and I, I Well, I'm on both sides. I agree that man are part of nature, but for the purposes of podcasting, nature to me is anything that is not man-made, and that includes the rocks. So I'm totally on your side here. It's us against Dursley. It is us against Dursley, as always, it seems. (laughs) Well, yes. (laughs) So what's the situation of man-made rocks? Like what? What do you mean by a man-made rock? Mm, Something like a code stone or a concrete. Yeah, that's Um, definitely not nature. That's not nature. Concrete you is can, not if, nature. If you got nature and you came with a large concrete But you can building. have natural concrete <laughs> and you can have man-made concrete. Yeah. Well, look, I, okay. So I figured war wasn't going to feature as uh, a principal part of a nature theme. If I'd turned up with a war-themed episode with a topic being nature, despite it being human nature to fight or however <laughs> I wanted to actually twist it, you'd be like, this isn't really nature, is it? I'm terribly sorry. You asked me to criticise you, and then you take you take umbrage. Yeah, no, that's a fair point, actually. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what is your favourite animal, Paul Dursley, of the animals on offer in the Algerian landscape? Oh, it has to be the lion, doesn't it? Oh, really? lion. I really thought you were going to say monkey. I did too. I thought you'd say, I'd love a little monkey running around. You've got to train it as a butler. <laughs> God, Have you got no, a monkey butler? They're, they're nasty, dirty, promiscuous things, as is your monogamy monkey. <laughs> which 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 i which i have to say i thought was very good indeed oh. see i can do praise i can do praise yeah you just have to look at pete's scores over the past few episodes <laughs> you're an excellent judge of character paul dursley <laughs> okay we might as well jump straight to the score then no 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 no, no. let's keep talking let's keep talking relax take a moment so, so you enjoyed the macaques did you Yes, yes, I did. And I also enjoyed your voices. They didn't really sound like you. I thought for one moment you'd employed some actors. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Our budget does not stretch to that. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think we should reintroduce Barbary lions if we could get their DNA from one of the stuffed lions and remake them in Jurassic Park style, which famously went terrifically well? Mm. Uh, the short answer is, of course, no, but it 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 sort of would be quite nice to try and do in a in a mad scientist sort of way but if an animal has gone extinct it's gone extinct that's that's brutal you had your chance and you went extinct you had your chance and we shot you to death yeah i'm i'm kind of with you actually paul i think with the white rhino that's not yet gone mm-hmm. is it it must be right on the brink of of extinction okay i i th- i think pat I I think here we have to make the distinction about, you know, would you want to bring back the dodo from hundreds of years ago or the Barbary lion from hundreds of years ago compared to an animal that we have clearly made extinct in the last few years? And hopefully we're trying to mitigate that by keeping some in collections, aren't we? Uh, you know, proper zoos. Don't you, wouldn't you wonder what a dodo tasted like? Well, apparently it tasted really bad. 
Um, yeah, like I've, I've read recently that the dodo wasn't eaten to extent. It wasn't like the the sailors dropped on the island and were like, right, let's kill and eat all these dodos. In fact, they were quite salty and not very tasty. It was cats that killed them all. Cats and rats, yes. Cats and rats and rock and roll. And well, yeah, it's the exact opposite of that. Is you know when Darwin used to go on on on, on his trips, etc. They they bought lots of turtles back or turtles and tortoises back. But none of them arrived because they ate them all. Because they were so tasty. Because they, they were so tasty. And he was actually a member of a club when he was at university at Cambridge uh, where they sort of tried to eat every animal. Every animal? Yes. In one sitting? <laughs> uh, over their time at Cambridge. Wow. That's kind of gross. Like It's a grossness of humanity at, at, at that point. Well, yeah, when you think it was Darwin. Well, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. There's a sort of power dynamic there, isn't it? Look at us, we're so good, we just eat everything. We don't care what you are, we're going to have a munch. Top of the table. But I should imagine, though, like from a scientific perspective or a culinary perspective, there must have been some interesting discoveries, like starfish or whatever. They're like, oh, it tastes of vanilla ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you go extinct, you taste of vanilla ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) If you eat a starfish very slowly, it'll regenerate its legs. So you just take its leg off, eat it, wait a week or so, and then take another leg off because oh the other one will grow back. Did you just solve world hunger? <laughs> yes, qu- quickly. Let, let's, let, let's get a copyright and a patent on that. <laughs> Paul, what foods have you eaten that are weird? You ever um, eaten a starfish? I've never eaten a starfish. I've never eaten a sea urchin as well, which is supposed to be strange because the bit of a sea urchin you eat are its gonads, which is I've eaten. <laughs> what? <laughs> why? Why specifically its gonads? Because that's the only thing that's edible in it. The thing that, that I suppose the oddest thing, on reflection, it's not that odd. I have eaten crocodiles in southern africa which is very nice actually it is it is the sort of well it is quite like chicken but quite a very delicate flavor surprising and i've eaten quite a few of the sort of deer of southern africa okay yeah i've certainly never eaten i've never eaten dog or cat or anything like well never knowingly anyway have have you eaten insects yes i've had a i've had an insect lolly and some mealybugs they were dead though because some some you can eat live, can't you? Well, they're not live when you chop them in half with your teeth, but... Would you go on, like, the I'm a Celebrity game show type thing where they would give you things like uh, camel, camel testicles to eat? Well, two points. First of all, I'm not a celebrity. And secondly... Not yet. I cannot abide game shows. When you're on a daytime talk show or you're hosting your own game show, <gasps> that would be amazing. Welcome to You're Wrong with Paul Dursley. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think it's my life mission now to make you the game show host. (laughs) Too old, too old. No, not at all. It'd be amazing. I have heard of Get Me Out of Here, but I've never watched it. So they take a bunch of celebrities, they put them in the jungle, and then they give them tasks. Well, I do know what the premise is. I've never seen it. So would you be okay eating a camel testicle? Answer my question. Would you eat a testicle? (laughs) Ah, uh, would I eat a camel? T- 
Not unless I had to. They eat them raw as well, which seems unfair Ooh. to me. At least cook it up. Yeah. You're okay with that, Pete? Do they suck them dry first or what? <laughs> it's a prairie oyster, isn't it? A prairie oyster is a, a, a sort of a cocktail, isn't it? A pick-me-up. Vodka and egg yolk that you down in the morning. I don't, I don't know. That sounds gross. I thought it was a testicle. Sheep's testicle, I think. Let's have a look. Rocky Mountain oysters. My apologies. Rocky Mountain oysters are bull testicles. Okay. Prairie oysters are a drink. In the film Old Boy, which is a Korean film, the protagonist goes to a restaurant and orders and eats a live octopus. And you are seen watching him eat it as its tentacles are sting- clinging to his face on its way down his throat. And the actor did it for reals. How, how do you feel about that? Well, it seems rather gratuitous, but I suppose if, you, if you're if you going to eat it, why is it live, though? Surely it would taste better if you sautéed it with something. I, I, I know one way to kill, a, uh, to kill an octopus is you turn it inside out. That would kill almost anything. <laughs> <laughs> if you turn me inside out, I would die also. Well, yeah, okay. It's quite, it's quite easy to turn an octopus inside out. Oh. That sounds terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I love an octopus. They're very clever creatures, I'm told. I waved at an octopus once and it waved back at me. Is that in an aquarium? Yeah, in an aquarium. <laughs> That's awesome. It did. Like, And I, I did it again and it did it again. So don't take that away from me, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I had an octopus moment. Don't tell me that they do that instinctively or something and that there wasn't some conscious thought behind it. Well, I doubt there was any conscious thought. Why do you think no? They could have landed and spawned. They are as different to okay, us. Okay, so if they had if they had a technology to build a spaceship to bring us here, and then, oh, they just decided to land, go underwater, and then forget all about their spaceships and their technology. Billions of years ago, there was a space creature, the cephalopod, <laughs> that had technology to get to Earth and crashed in on Earth in the sea, and their ancestors are here today. Descendants. How do you feel about that? You can keep on believing that if you want to. Uh, so we've got some feedback from listeners, Ryan. Yes. Uh, the first is from a Reddit user. This is a member of R Algeria, so these guys know what they're talking about, oh I would dear. imagine. I'm a little bit scared. Uh, let me quote this one. <laughs> At some point, you said Algerians spoke Arabic and Berber Arabic. Yes, I did. When in fact, Berber is a distinct language from Arabic. He is absolutely right, yes. Oh, right, okay. I understood that they were from sort of the same language family. Yeah, but... Yeah, Berber is a. I I think they may be related, like like English and German are sort of related historically, but they are different. They are different languages. I think they even use different writing systems. Yeah, I mean, I I I mean, I said in the episode that they, they had on the road signs you would have oh, the, Berber, defensive, the Arabic defensive. and the French. No, 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 I'm not. <laughs> God, you're loving this, aren't you? Um, yes, no, I said, they are more often. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's up to the listeners. Write in if you want to hear Ryan squirm. <laughs> yeah. So they are distinct, uh, but they are from the same family, I think. Right. right. So we did yes, wonder, didn't I we, did. about how different Arabics there were. And actually, if it's yeah. not Arabic, but from a sort of further up the chain member of the family, I guess it's so different languages. Well, but... I, I, I think for Arabic, it's Arabic is Arabic, just as English is English. And 
everybody you can generally understand everybody who speaks Arabic, but you'd have like Americanisms or uh, uh, Moroccoisms um, or Saudiisms in um, Arabic. But the language is, yeah, it's a, it's a very widespread language. Yeah, and there are and variations within Berber itself as well. Yeah, so I'll tell you what, let's have a little sorry about that to the Berber speakers out there for claiming that you were sorry. Uh, speaking Arabic. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, we're going to do, um, we'll do some sort of like a, one of our uh, history hits or, uh, uh, you know, bites. Yeah. History yeah. Try and bites find one of those road signs. They'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll go into that into a bit more detail because it is something that we weren't particularly focused on and that one slipped me by so apologies apologies right prepare your apology hat again ryan because oh, no. <laughs> evan scott has contacted us hi evan um there were lions in algeria until about 1950 yes uh but also you said there were no earthquakes in algeria in our period there was an earthquake in algeria in 1946 that killed 300 people ryan Psst, sir. well I mean, <laughs> so either that comes under your category of so trivial it's not worth mentioning, yeah. which is probably not the case. I may have I may have bluffed when I said that nothing had happened at that period. <laughs> thanks, Evan, for pointing that one out. <laughs> A reluctant thank you from Ryan there. So yeah, thanks guys for writing oh, in. And man, we do encourage people. people. Oh no, that's that's a slip on my part. Held to account. Yeah. absolutely and we do encourage you if you do hear anything that we think needs a correction we're more than happy to correct it uh, because we're all about the truth here on history happened everywhere yeah don't just shout at the radio do something about it right one of the things that we normally do is we ask Paul how he would fare in a certain situation on time. So he's been in, what, 1100, a uh, evil monk? He was a monk. He was a corrupt monk. A corrupt <laughs> monk. Not an evil monk. Corrupt monk. Uh, you were, what else was there? I think he was a Roman governor. Roman governor. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you think that you would just be a servant or dead, usually, is your answer. And my question remains for this one. So in Algeria in 1940, you are in the Sahara Desert. You're alone. How, how are you going to survive? Are you going to be all right? Are you going to be able to follow the guidelines that I outlined? Um, to follow them is one thing, but to get them right is another. Uh, yes, because the, the, way to, the way to get water in the desert, as, as you said, um, is if you've got a tarpaulin or anything, you actually leave that out overnight um hanging with hanging over with a, a a well in it and funnily enough it's the underneath that will get the condensation so you could actually put a bucket under that and cap catch the condensation i have a little story about dates my father was conscript in aden in the late 1950s and that's in Arabia. And they were they were sent food parcels from their parents. And my grandmother sent him some dates. <laughs> or the one thing he could get plenty of. Exactly. And that, that, that was that was that was quite an amusing story. I oh, it's the one have... thing that you shouldn't send. <laughs> he must have been so excited to get a food yeah. package. And then uh, and then it's full of dates. Exactly. So what was it you were saying about dates? They nobody can be allergic to dates. That's an interesting. That's right. Uh, yeah, hypoallergenic. Yeah, yeah. Um, to make one date last ten days it was nine days. Yeah, ten days you're dead. <laughs> I think I'd just rather eat the date and die earlier. 
Yeah, I thought you were going to ask what would Paul be in the Sahara Desert, to which the answer is clearly a bleached skeleton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Being munched on by croc. Um, that, struck, that was the thing that really got me, the thought of roaming through the desert, finally finding an oasis, and there's a flipping <laughs> crocodile in it. <laughs> Four-metre-long crocodile. <laughs> That can run faster than you. And and it's full of salt water. Oh, yeah, and it's full of salt water. <laughs> That's an unforgiving place. It's grade time. Ooh. Oh, we should, I should feel like we should have a sting for this. Yeah. Right? Some drum roll kind of effect. I was thinking more like uh, chalk on a, on, a, on a board. That Just... already is making me tense. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Please don't do that. All right. Uh, okay, well, we'll come up with something uh, and I'll put it in now. He's the judge. He's the judge. Judging all of the things we does. He's the judge. Judge, judge, judge. His name's Paul Dursley. All rise for the judge. Paul, tell me. Come on, just pull the plaster off. Um, come on, just just let me have it. What is it? How have I done? Um, th- th- this was a tough one because it was an interesting, an interesting country with an interesting uh, subject, and also also a, a, a sort of an access, an accessible time period. But you did concentrate very much on the. This isn't pulling the plaster off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've just taken up a little corner. (laughs) B minus. B minus. B minus. Okay. That's a respectable score. Out of interest, does that B minus reflect the two things that I got wrong as pointed out by our listeners? No, because you could take off two points for that if you want. B minus minus minus. Yeah. <laughs> so what? Uh, I mean, no, I don't want to take off any. I'm just asking whether or not this is your grade no, it, or whether it, it's influenced by. Uh, no, it feedback. is my. It is my grade. Okay, that's good because I don't want people writing in trying to influence Paul Dursley because they prefer Pete's episode. Because I, for one, would start a prolific writing campaign, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> setting up loads of user accounts. Exactly, <laughs> sock puppet accounts everywhere. And another thing, but, he got but wrong. there is a fundamental thing. There is a fundamental thing, though, isn't there? That Pete's episodes are generally better researched. <gasps> I, I mean, that is. A horrifying statement for you to make. <laughs> wow. I, I fundamentally disagree. You've set a little thing between us here. I don't like it. He's, he's inserting a wedge and it's being You're very ne- effective. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll say one word. I'll say one word, Ryan. And that word is Lichtenstein. Yeah, what about Lichtenstein? Well, it took you two weeks to do that one. No, no, that's not fair. Pete made me. <laughs> <laughs> this gets more and more like a schoolboy schoolmaster exchange every week. Pete made me do it, sir. <laughs> oh. Right, well. He's the judge, he's the judge, judging all of the things we does. He's the judge, 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 judge. His name's Paul Dursley. All rise for the judge. So a B minus. That's no problem. I'll take it. I accept it. Still better than most of my actual education grades. So (laughs) I'm I'm pleased with it. I'll take it. I'm going to get that tattooed on my back. (laughs) 
Add it to the others. Oh, good lord. It's not memento, right? <laughs> That's an interesting uh, pad. <laughs> so uh, that brings us, I guess, to next week's episode, which yes. is your episode, Pete. Absolutely. And I will be bringing a smorgasbord of facts and fascinating stories about Uruguay to the table. Mm. I thought it was going to be Russia for a minute there when you said smorgasbord. I was going to say, well, smorgasbord is Swedish. <laughs> I was hoping someone would pick me up on it. I thought if I said it with confidence, that you'd just let it go. But no, of course not. Okay, Uruguay, that's interesting. I've been to Uruguay for all of six hours. Well, was it, it, that, was it that bad? <laughs> <laughs> Did they kick you out? It was a it was a day trip from Buenos Aires. Say no more, because I have lots of things to bring to the table. And Buenos Aires may appear, special guest star. Mmm, bring a free Bentos. Okay, that is our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to get in touch about any of the things we've talked about, we can be found on our Twitter account, which is at HHEpodcast. Or you can email us at HHEpodcast at gmail.com. You never know, you might end up featured on a future show like Evan or the Mighty Arezg. Yes, the Mighty Arezg. Uh, and one way to definitely feature on a future episode is to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us and uh, it helps other people come along and discover the show too. In the meantime, you can find and join discussions about the show on Facebook and Reddit. So make sure you subscribe to those as well as Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever you else you subscribe. We're on those and uh, you'll get a hit of history happened everywhere magically in your feed every day. We'll be back again next week with a new place, a new time, and a new topic. That's right. And if that's not enough, we have a uh, growing archive of old shows, which you can go and have a look at, download, listen to whenever you want. And you can find those on YouTube or uh, your podcast provider, or indeed at hhepodcast.com. So, Paul, thank you very much for joining us. Well, that's another hour of my life I'll never get back. <laughs> 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 and on that note you've been listening to history happened everywhere the verdict Right, let's do history happened everywhere. The verdict. You could just feel my sphincter clinch every time you say that. <laughs> we don't have to use these bits. <laughs> <laughs>